0: Hey guys, Murray Valeriano of the Road Stories podcast here. How you doing? Are you doing all right? It's at the time this drops, it's been a, it's been a rough week. So, there's a lot of shit going on in this world. Uh, but we do not get political on this podcast. We uh we help you escape the bullshit that's going on in the world right now. So, what do you what do you need? What 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 could what could I give you? What can I put in your ears that would make you listen? Why not a Road Stories podcast hosted by a friend of the show, Gary Brightwell, live from a celebrity charity golf tournament? P.S. I have never been invited to do. And, And just line it up with some killer, killer comics. So you got... Gary Brightwell, who's who's hosting the thing. You got Rich Scheidner. I'm sorry, I have my elastics in while I'm recording this. You have Rich Scheidner, uh, just... An amazing, amazing stand up comic. He got out of the game for a while, but now he's back and he's just got, he's been on the show several times. He's got amazing stories, opening for the Ramones, stuff like that. It, it, great. You got Kevin Jordan, who I have yet to meet, but yet is on my podcast. So that's really kind of weird, but uh, he's great. Mil- he uh, does a lot of military tours. Him and Gary talk about some military tours they've done. And uh, who else we got? We got Don McMillan, the. Original nerd comedian long before my buddy Chris Hardwick made a gazillion dollars doing it. Don McMillan was the original nerd comic. Uh, I've been trying to get Don on the show, no lie, four years. Four years I've been trying to get Don on the show. Gary makes one phone call, boom, sure, I'll be there, and I'll do your celebrity golf tournament, P.S., which I have never been asked to do. Uh so it was this this was recorded when I was in New Mexico and um the reason I'm 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 dropping it now is I I saved it for two reasons. One is the sound quality isn't my favorite sound quality that the, uh, Gary explains that they pieced together uh, um some equipment he, uh, one of Gary's cousins I think it is put it together so it's really basically a room mic but it's a great, great episode. These guys are really hilarious. And that's just that, that is, I don't know, barely even a reason. The real reason is I wanted to pocket this podcast for when I was I knew I was gonna be slammed this past week and I knew I wouldn't have time to record a podcast. So that's why I wanted to hold on to this one and it was uh, it was a very busy week for me. My son started kindergarten. So that took up a lot of my time, and I am back in Los Angeles with my son while my wife is out shooting two different movies while well, prepping one and shooting another one and flying all over the states you don't want to be in, like New Mexico and Nebraska and Colorado. Oh, Colorado, you want to be. Colorado is beautiful. Um, so uh, I've kind of been alone with the kid getting him in school and trying to do my shit and all that stuff so that's why i really saved it for this week's uh this week because i knew this first week of uh his preschool would i mean a a first week of kindergarten would be really rough oh and it was my birthday so yeah maybe i didn't want to work on my birthday have you thought about that by the way thank you thank you to everybody who uh, wish me happy birthday on Facebook and Twitter and email. Uh, a, a lot of listeners, a lot of new listeners, a lot of old, old listeners who have been with me for a long time. Uh, thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. That's one thing about Facebook, man. Facebook doesn't suck for one day out of the year. You're like, oh, look at all these people who wish me happy birthday. And then you try and figure out how many you actually know. And you're like, oh, they're just doing that, so I will wish them a happy birthday on their birthday. I'm not that bitter. It was a great birthday. Uh, I surfed, um, I went out to happy hour with some friends, I hung out with my son, it was, it was it was a good birthday, it was a good birthday. My wife came home, so we've been getting to, for the weekend, so I've been getting to hang out with the family a little bit, they're in the pool right now, I think she's probably a little pissed that I'm in here podcasting, but uh, I had to get this out. So there it is, uh, this is a great episode, I'm really looking forward to you guys listening to it. Also, coming up, this weekend, Saturday, if you're in the Palm Springs area, I will be on a panel at the Palm Springs Comic-Con, talking about podcasting, I believe. And I think I'm scheduled to do a live road stories from there. So I got to talk to those guys. I got to find some comics who want to go to Palm Springs. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. Palm Springs Comic-Con this Saturday. And then in October, I think it is, the L.A. Pod Fest is back, so I'm stoked. I got my Friday night slot like I usually do. Thank you, Dave Anthony. Uh, I haven't decided what I'm going to do for it yet. I got a good idea. I think ooh, it's what I wanted to do last year. Um, so, but I, I, am going to save that. So get tickets now. Let me know you're coming. If you're there, I'll, I usually hang out all weekend anyway, um, because I love it. It's great. And it's great to meet the listeners. So, uh, be sure to stop by and say hello. Okay. I think that's it. So here we go. Uh, thank you so much to Gary Brightwell for doing this, putting this together. Uh, I, honestly, when I needed somebody to, 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 Fill in for me as host. Gary was the first person to come to mind. We co hosted Billing Ball's radio show together for like three years. We wrote on a t- couple TV shows for, oh man, like four or five years together. So Gary is a good guy, very funny comedian. Um, and I just thank you again, Gary, for doing this. And thank you guys for listening at Murray V on Twitter, Murray Valeriano, Valeriano Comedy. I can't even say my own name. Why do I bitch out people who can't who can't say my name? I can't even say my own name. Let's try this again. At Murray V on Twitter, Murray Valeriano Comedy on Facebook, and Murray V comedy on the Instagram. All right, guys, hit me up with any questions, any comments, any feedback. And as always, thank you so much for listening.
1: You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, and fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, drunks <laughs> in the front making out for your set, and, and middle acts doing blow more missing and merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys,
2: vagina fist, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order marathon. All right, hey, welcome to uh, Road Stories. Uh, I'm filling in for uh, Murray Valeriana. I'm Gary Brightwell. And, uh, wow, we are really pieced together. Uh, sound equipment, I had, to, I had to make a phone call, and uh, a relative was able to, to get some microphones, and, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a guru, and put it in my old computer. and Oh, my God, anyways, but we're here, and we're, and we're, at Phoenix, we're in Phoenix. And we are uh, at the at a golf a charity golf tournament with a lot of comics, and I was like, perfect place to do a, do a, a podcast. And uh, so, luckily, these guys were happy enough to come down to the room. Uh, Rich Scheidner, uh who's uh, been on the show many times with Murray before. Right? Yes. And in fact, you and I did a, uh, an episode at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we also have uh, Don McMillan.
3: Hello. I've never done Murray's show, and you don't look anything like
2: Murray. I don't, exactly. And Kevin Jordan. Yes, I've never done Murray's show, but I'm doing it
4: with Murray's cousin.
2: That's, uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's right. very nice. That's,
4: uh, <laughs> we're in the
2: bloodline. And this is fun because, like I said, I, I know everybody at different stages of my career in this thing. Like You and I go back, Rich and I go back from your Comedy Magic Club days. That's right. Back when I started, I think I started in like 84 Five, I want to say 86 or something. You were headlining and and doing great stuff. Tonight Show, you know, stuff like that. Don and I we, we were uh, uh, the nineties is when we yeah we met up in San Francisco right. in area and and doing shows up there. And Kevin and I have met doing uh, military shows. Yes, USO
4: and the uh, comics yes. on duty and all that other stuff. Right, like, exactly. Going overseas. Yeah,
2: exactly. In fact, you and I were like we uh, our tour that one time. We were like one of the first ones over. Uh, when the Iraq War started. Yeah,
5: yeah.
4: I mean, uh, yeah anyway. It was like the first comedy tour. tore in after the war ended. Like, we, we were staying in burnt out buildings. They didn't have any
3: place oh. for society just, <laughs> right. for, like, to live. So you guys are like a band of brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah just telling jokes.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, was, was it our tour where they gave us the flat jackets, but it didn't have the panel inside the jacket to stop the bullet? <laughs> it,
2: was the, <laughs> it, was actually the, it was the flat jackets where you put them on and you would go into the base, and and uh, all of a sudden, every, every soldier was like, Is that what they gave you? Yeah. That's yeah. not going to stop well, one the, anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs>
4: one of the tours they gave us, they did, like, there's a panel that goes inside the jacket. Right, right. But they didn't have it, they ran out of panels. The, the but they made us track. wear the. You know, make it
2: look like we we're bulletproof. But go uh, well, through a scope.
3: The sniper's going to think, "Oh, he's got the panel on." It. Yeah, shoot him in
2: the head. Yeah. These guys would <laughs> use these things, they would just kind of drape them over the side of the of the jeeps or whatever, whatever things. They were like, "Well, if, if it's going to stop anything, maybe a little bit of something." But <laughs> wow, it was crazy. yeah, but, yeah. Oh, oh man, some of them are wild. Like
4: we'd go, what, two and a half weeks before we could shower. That right. kind
2: of thing,
3: you know. And so was, that's like, how about almost a half a week longer than normally. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah,
4: right. Yeah. And then, like, uh, so they made us bring toilet paper because they have... your own toilet yeah, paper? Yeah, yeah, right like, uh, and like you go to a porta potty and it was like a bad game of chinga going on in there because it was just crusting out the top.
2: Well, that was the thing about that. I, when we were over there, they were like, I was like, where are the restrooms? They go to porta parties out there, and I was yeah. like, wow. I can't do porta potties like and They go. That's all we have <laughs> yeah, here. that's it. That's it. That's now all. I can. Now I could do a porta potty at a NASCAR event. It'd be No problem. Uh, <laughs> After a week or so of that, it was like you know whatever. But we don't need big to yeah, so have <laughs> shit wild. stores, do we? You know. But uh, and like I said, Rich and I uh, we started way back Comedy Magic Club. Uh, but you started at what in what year?
1: I started in 1977 in Washington D.C. I worked at comedy clubs. There was a, that's
2: what that's, Yeah, I went
1: to a coffee house. A friend of mine, I was in law school, and a friend of mine said, you're funny, and I thought it was funny, so we needed a third opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a, a coffee house, a place called Iguana Coffee House. Uh, like famous singers like Roberta Flack came in there. was a famous Washington, D.C. coffee house, but it was just this talent night. You know, I followed a poet. I followed a, a poet. I still have the tape of it. Really? The, the last line <laughs> of the poet was, like a mango, we are ripe for the revolution. Wow. He was way behind on the revolution. This was 77. There was no revolution happening. But he was way ahead on mango. Nobody was talking mango in 77. He was a fruit visionary. But anyway, yeah, it was like a little five minutes. I got, I got one reaction at one, point, one guy just went, huh, that's it. That's it. Like, like, I remember talking to Seinfeld years later. He said, that's when I got my first reaction. Yeah. Like, you know, five minutes, silence. I got heckled. Two guys down front were playing chess. And one of them turned to me and he went, shh, I got shush. That was my first tackle. Wow. <laughs> but I tell you, man, I went back and I played that tape over and over again. Just get rewinding. Like, like rewind. Huh? Re- Going to that hub, you know, just right. that reaction. Do you remember like, what the joke? Study? Was? Yeah, I do. What was the joke? The first joke I ever wrote that got a reaction, I said, uh, you can always tell who's gonna win a wrestling match just by the introduction. In professional wrestling, I'll be in the far corner, in the orange trunks from Teaneck, New Jersey, at 187 pounds, Ed Arnold. His opponent from Parts Unknown, <laughs> at 417 pounds, wearing a bumper from a 1955 Buick on his forehead, Haystack's Calhoun.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's the same way with high school wrestling. In 130-pound weight class from Oak Crest Regional High School, two-time New Jersey State champion, two-time Christmas Tournament champion, undefeated senior <laughs> captain, Bob Siraki. His opponent from Pennsville High School, former student council treasurer. <laughs> And, That's the funny joke. Yeah, and I was like, the, you know, and it's so funny. I mean, I didn't take any classes. You know, when we grow up being funny, we kind of know instinctively how to write a joke. You mm-hmm. know, it just it was like imbued in my DNA by then. And uh, uh, it's so funny. And when I do that joke, uh, people who grew up with me go, that was a real guy. I mean, it was really a guy. I wrestled a guy named that. Oh, Haystack's telling No, no, oh, no. Haystack's telling Bob Shiraki. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. you know? yeah. So I said, yeah, it was a real story. It was real. Um, but that was the first joke I wrote, yeah.
2: Well, what's the vision though? If you if you were, if you start out and there are no clubs, no. You so what what is your
1: you just I to do I, it. I started doing it everywhere, going around D.C. everywhere and right. and, and Lewis Black was also. I met him. Oh, he was okay. like a brick skeller, you know. He was kind of doing it, and I said, Oh, there's. I mean, I was doing it for a couple months before I ran in and saw him. I didn't know anybody was doing it anywhere else. I didn't have an idea. I just wanted to see how funny I could be. I started right. doing. I started getting some laughs. I remember I was bugging people going to these singer-songwriter nights, you know, to get on, and at first to sing, you know, these guys are playing guitars, they're all doing their Jackson Brown impression, you know, whatever, and they would be irritated with me, because i come up and do, try to do five minutes of being funny. But then I noticed, sometimes I wouldn't go back to their place, I'd go to someplace else, and then i come back next week to go, Hey, where were you last week, man? We missed yeah, you. Oh. And I said, Oh, I'm starting to get funny. You know, man. and um, <laughs> you notice that, and then, and then, um, it was just, I, I, a friend, friend of mine had a band and he played down in Georgetown at these bars like called the Jailhouse, these different bars, and I'd go there and, and on a band break, I'd go on stage and try to be funny during a band break. Wow. And you know, in a band break in a bar back then, everybody's hitting, like, the guy's like, that's a chance to hit on the women. So I was like completely an irritant man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys would heckle me. It would just be a heckle festival. Now like, welcome the like, stage, Cotton Lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but it's so amazing yeah. though, like it's like I just, just had it in me. I you just, just wanted to do it, I but just, there's but there's no vision of like, okay, if I get there's no pet if I get twenty minutes together, then no. I can get into this club. Because yeah. there was
1: no club. No, there were no clubs. <laughs> it, a club opened in the summer of 77 called El Brookman's. It, a guy started he put a a friend of mine comes up to me and she has got a Washington Post classified ad. She goes, This look at this ad. I said, anybody wants to do comedy, come to this bar. And it was in Southeast Washington. And it was a little bar and a guy was young, uh, guy whose parents owned the bar, he started doing comedy. So I showed up, Kevin Rooney showed up, Ron Zimmerman, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, John Heyman, a lot of people who eventually had careers in comedy showed up. Of course a lot of people who showed up but didn't you know continue doing it, but I showed up. Carrot Tom. You know you know Tom Rhodes? Yeah, yeah. oh, heard Tom, Tom Rhodes, Tom Rhodes. Tom Rhodes. Wow. he has a story, he'll tell you, when he was like twelve years old, his uncle was doing comedy with us. And I can't remember his uncle's name because he just kind of faded out. Right. But he remembered coming to the club and I was on stage and then he'd walk in the door. The door was right by the stage. So he walks in with his dad to see his uncle and he says, I remember you like, hey, what's the kid doing? And I started like making fun of the kid coming into the bar. Uh-huh. And he remembered his first comedy show was seeing us do that there. Louis Black and the rest right. of us were doing wow. comedy. And and um, and then somebody said, and I thought we were all alone just doing this, right? And then a friend of mine, she goes, you know, they are, Guys like your age doing this up in New York City. I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah. And so she took me up to New York City, and um, there was a catch Rising Star, the comic strip, and the improv. And it was a Saturday night, and uh, we couldn't get in the improv, we couldn't get in the catch, and we were at a comic strip. And I'm sitting there watching the show, you know how we are, right? Cocky. I'm going, yeah, I'm funny than this guy. I'm funny in this <laughs> guy. And then the last guy comes on, and I go, oh, this guy's smoking it, man. He's got material. It was Jerry Seinfeld. Wow. Was Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. <laughs> you know you could recognize, recognize it then. He had a whole yeah. routine about going to the, going to amusement parks and and I remember the one bit and he he, he I think he's doing it in a special just on Netflix is The Helpless Father and Son Bumper Car Team. <laughs> and it was Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was They're like, going you know, backwards. and it was just like a, okay. Where the attendant jumps on and Yeah, yeah. Has yeah, to yeah, j- right. Right. yeah exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: So it was like, you know, it was just increments that I realized other people were doing it and sort of Meet. And then a, com- then a professional comedy club opened. The first paying club on the East Coast was in Washington, DC. It was called The Gardens. And it opened and it started bringing guys from right, New York City right. and guys from LA. Right. And it was, you know, and it was the, it literally the first paying comedy club that brought in out-of-town acts. There were comedy scenes in Boston, in Philadelphia, in DC, in Houston, in San Francisco. Do you remember what the pay was? They they were paying they were paying uh, in 1979 they opened in 79 uh-huh. and the pay was uh, I think 250 a weekend for like four shows at first it was like three shows to four shows or something like that 250 a weekend 300 bucks a weekend Dang. pretty much the same they're getting now
2: yeah, I was say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: by then Who's I, was, that now? I, was, I, was, I was working as an opening act for a lot of bands and stuff I I'd <laughs> moved right. into doing that you know so I, my first opening act was opening up for the Ramones. Oh, wow. In 78. In wow. Yeah. This guy, it was a place called The Chopper. Imagine that crowd. Oh, oh I, I did I, I, you know, I'm doing it. I'm just banging around doing stuff. And my buddy was a bartender there. And uh, this, this place was played live music. Springsteen played there in 72 and he had a contract up on the wall. You know, it was a bar. Yeah. Right? I had a stage and seated about 100 people whatever. And, uh, and uh, my buddy told the club owner, who was a drinker, and I was a drinker. And he told me, you're doing comedy? I'll pay you 50 bucks when I open up for this band I got coming next week. And I was like, you know, you know not I mean? Somebody offered us $50. We're like, $50? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're and uh, out. I yeah. show up the next week and outside, is from New York City, the Ramones. Now I don't know anything about them. And I'm All like, right. kind of long hair. I got big painter overalls on, you know, and t shirt T-shirt. I'm in my post-hippie stage in 78. <laughs> And I go in, and every angry young man from the D.C. metropolitan area was there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never seen shaved heads and mohawks, you know, <laughs> right. and they're all, like, leathered shit, leathered up, you know. And you could just feel the energy. Yeah, <laughs> I go back to the bar and the club, and was like, they're going to kill you, man. Oh, you are man. not making 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm making fifty minutes. I mean, that $50. It's like a rodeo. <laughs> rodeo I'm going to the buzzer home. goes, right? Yeah. He went, he swear to God, he goes, I'll go double or nothing with you. You go. You go fifth, five minutes. He's. I go five minutes. You just do five minutes. And I'll give you a hundred if you don't do five. You don't get enough. <laughs> and I took. <laughs> you guys, I I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple of shots or whatever. Yes, yeah. I'm doing it. And I get up there and, and it's not like, you know, you come out from behind the stage and you go, hey, you know, it's like walk through the crowd to get to the stage. <laughs> and, they, and they, I don't know what they introduce, I don't even know if they introduce right, me. Right, right. you know what I mean? I don't even know, they just see me walking towards the stage, people just start going, hey, where are you going? <laughs> I, yeah. not, they start yelling at me. <laughs> I, they, they start throwing beer on me. And they literally, they're throwing beer on me in the club and I saw There was a tiny state drum kit right behind me. The amp's there, you know, they're like throwing beer. And he's like, he just starts waving money. I right, come in, asshole, get your money, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I left. And I go back into the bar behind the, there's just a, 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 a bar, you know, and a kitchen behind it. That was a dressing room, just a kitchen behind the right. bar. And I'm so mad to throw a beer. And I go in there and the Ramones just had there way to come out and one of the Ramones looks at me and goes, cool act, man. <laughs> like, like he got himself pissed off they threw beer and then I did this I put this in a book I killed right it was a story uh-huh. I put part of it in there and this DC rock critic said I was at that show there was no opening act at that show and I said I don't care whether you think I was an opening act or not at that show. I was there to open up the Ramones and my buddy was there to witness it and then he came back like a year he goes you know, I was thinking about it. there was a Small disturbance at the, of the <laughs> I guess That's what I was. I was a small, small disturbance.
2: disturbance. <laughs> Kevin, where would you start? start?
4: Uh, I started at the improv. My very first time was the improv in Hollywood. Oh. In uh, Melrose, the Melrose uh, Improv? I, don't I'm I didn't think anybody started there. What, 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 what year did you start there? Oh, man, that had to be, in I would say, 84. Whoa, really? Yeah, so I, I was a cop. I was a police officer. I wasn't even thinking about comedy. You know, but a buddy of mine, a guy named Glenn Thomas, he was a singer-songwriter. And remember the improv had a piano. That's that right. Yeah. So what they would do is they would let him, because nobody wanted to go first, so they would let him come in and he would play songs on the piano. Like he would do a song to open the show, uh, and so I would go with him and watch him sing a song. Like he, was, he had just signed with Don Cornelius, but he didn't have a piano. So this was the only place he could try out his songs. Soul Train Don Cornelius? So, yeah, yeah. Okay.
5: He got signed, yeah, with yeah. signed yeah. by right. Don Cornelius. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's what, yeah. No, no, the, the guy did the weather at Fresno. The weatherman from Fresno. That's Don important. Your other <laughs> No, the painter. You're a house painter. The house painter Pasadena. Your other girlfriend's cousin? That that yeah, yes. yeah. It, it gets like a joke. That Spielberg? Yeah, that's Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that joke. Anyway, yeah. hey,
4: well, uh, so he invites me that we go on a Sunday night. And, uh, you know, like, just like, 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 like Rich said, you go somewhere and you're watching comedy. Hey, he ain't funny. He ain't funny. He ain't funny. But my buddy, Glenn, is laughing at everybody. And I'm like, ah, he ain't funny. He ain't funny. It's something like Right. So he goes, you know, so we go back. and We hang out somewhere, some restaurant, and we talk about what's funny, who's funny, how can be funny. And so he dares me to go out. So yeah, well, you can't do it. You can't do what they do. I said, yeah, I bet you I can. i go up there. So back then, you yeah, put your name in the hat. Right? So I, I wrote a couple of jokes that week and I go back and do five minutes and Bruce Smirnoff was the uh, MC. Wow. Drop the name in the hat, right, hat. Yeah. Right? Put your name yeah. And I think he pulled me out. I remember I pulled me out like seven. So I was in the first because they do 10 at a time. 10, 10, Yeah, ten. yeah, yeah. I put 10 up and then they bring out some regulars. 10 up then the regulars. Hmm. So I went like seven. and I went up and I did a couple of jokes that I wrote. Had to do five minutes but I think I did like 3. Three and
1: a half, because five minutes is a long time to be talking. Yeah, three and a half is a long time <laughs> when you
4: first go up. I got some laughs and it felt so good, man. You know, you know what that addiction is, man. I got so good. That felt so good. I was like, man, I just kept doing it all over all over the city and just kept doing it and kept doing it. One day, remember there used to be a Playboy Club uh-huh. uh, in Century City. Yeah. It was the last Playboy Club That's to right. go. And they used to do open mic. So one day I'm over there working open mic. But it was my division. It was my patrol division. Mm. So she put me up late. I told her I had to get out of there. So I'm like, I wasn't going to miss my five-minute spot. Right. So I do my spot. And I go flying out of there. I get pulled over by guys who work in my division. So they go, what, what the hell are you doing? What are you flying? Around? I said, hey, I got to get the roll call. You know, I'm late for roll call. I said, where are you coming from? So I go, I, I, I was doing a show at the Playboy Club. That story climbs the chain of command. <laughs> like two days later, I get called into my lieutenant's office. He goes, uh, what's this about you doing shows in the Playboy Club? I go, I'm excited about it. Because I thought, you know, I thought he'd be excited. About it. So I go, yeah, yeah, I'm doing comedy. I did comedy show at the, at the Playboy Club. Yeah, yeah well, it went great, too. Was, he says, um, so he goes, uh, did you get a permit to work that? Because you have to get a permit to work a second job. in your account. I go, no, I, I, you know.' now I realize he ain't, he ain't happy enough. So I go, well, I don't get paid, so it's not a job. So I'm just doing Good it for call. fun. It's just a hobby. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, what if somebody sees you one day do your show, and then you have to pull him over to make an arrest? I go, well, if uh, he liked my show, I just let him go. <laughs> Why well, didn't you think that was funny either? So uh, he goes, ah, he says to me, well, let me tell you something. He said, I can't tell you not to do it, but I can highly suggest to you that you don't do it. Wow. I said, oh, all right. So, you know, you know how we are, uh, I just didn't do it there. I would go like there was another club downtown called the Edwin Lounge in the Variety Art Center. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember I that room only yeah. held like fifty people, but it was a great room. Had a little, the stage was a little drum from one of Edwin's uh, uh, shows. Only held like fifty people, so I would go downtown. Anyway, nobody going to be downtown. Nobody I knew because I, well, I work West LA, but nobody's going to work downtown. Come downtown, so I kept doing it downtown. So one day I go back to the Playboy Club just to hang out and see some other comedian friends of mine. And the woman's name was, who ran the club? was like candy something. She was an ex Playboy bunny with big tits. Wait, you know? Wait,
2: playboy bunny with, with big candy? tits. Yeah, yeah, with playboy bunny with big tits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? That man was down. down. down yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> like, y'all know what I'm talking about now, right? Oh, uh, uh, well, absolutely. That playboy <laughs> That one. <laughs> that,
4: one. <laughs> that one. So she calls. So I go in there and she says to me, hey, are you in trouble at your job? Because she knows a cop. She, I go, no. I said, I don't think so. She goes, yeah, you know, they sent some undercover cops in the, <laughs> look at you, why, find you. I go, how do you know they were undercover? She goes, yeah, my husband was a cop, my father was a cop. I know, I know cop talk and cop lingo, and they, they came in a couple of times, and they always said, hey, where's Kevin Jordan? Uh, we're here to see Kevin Jordan. Kevin. they just asked a lot of questions about you, Saying so you know, they look like cops. I go, wow, so my own division sent undercover to the club to see if they could catch me doing comedy after I was told not to do comedy, even though, even though they couldn't tell me not to do comedy. So after that, yeah, that kind of soured me against the department. After that, uh, I just stopped doing comedy. How,
1: how, how long were you a police officer before you six started? Years. To, six, six years. Six years, you started. did you con- did you continue going until you retired? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. well, I went, I, yeah, I'd work around L.A. Like I would work at, uh, like there was a place called, Stewart, what was that? Split P restaurant, what's the name of that, no. was that one?
1: There? Anderson Split pea yeah, soup Anderson Split soup That's and like they, halfway to between. I was going to say that around LA, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's almost that's, to San Francisco. I, that's what right. I had to do. You so drove up there to do it. You right? like
4: Is that Buellton? Buellton. Buell 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 right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get like you get $75 to drive up there and do a set.
1: Well, shoot. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to allow $75. And you get soup too. And you get soup, yeah. Did you eventually quit the police force? Yes, what happened was, so what happened was, a
4: friend of mine, Bob Fisher, who owns Ice House Club, at that time, he was booking a club.
1: Has he got Houston. big tits? Is he a club owner with big tits?
4: Playboy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mansion. Yeah,
1: yeah, Playboy and Mansion. was young. a lot no of club owners are big tits. So. <laughs> his tits aren't that big. So, no. But he, owned,
4: he, he booked a club in Houston, booked a club in Indianapolis. And he said to me, hey, you know, because I was doing his open
5: life. He says, right. hey, you know, I booked these clubs. Do you want to go out and work two weeks there, two weeks? by then, by so then I was doing comedy maybe two years. Wow, that's a really that's quick that's page. that's that's
4: when you got the bug, man. Yeah. Yeah. So right? yeah. I did a show, I did a show. Uh, so the so now the, so the police department knew I was doing comedy, right? My division knew I was doing comedy. So they said so they go to me one day. They go uh, they go hey, you still doing that comedy stuff? I go no. He goes we could use, and he just keeps talking. You know, we could use you for the Christmas show. We're doing a Christmas show. Right. If you do an account, we'd, we'd like to have you do a comedy
2: show. It's that you're doing it like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if right. you come do a free thing <laughs> for us. Right. Yeah, if you're not getting <laughs> paid, <laughs> we can pay you that much.
4: So I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it for the Christmas show. Well, at this Christmas show, this is a West L.A. Christmas show. And everybody, that's the Monkey Muck Monk show. So Chief Gates showed up. I've actually done that show. Have you? Can yes, you? I, I have. 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 I up. did that oh, I show. Gates showed up. Yeah. So I do the show. But back then, I was
5: talking
4: about being a cop, yeah. right? And I was talking about, because uh, I, I was brand new on the department. I was talking about how I had 32 years ago. I'm making these jokes about, oh, man, I ain't nobody going to make it 32 years. I only last a half hour. I retire. I'm going to die and everything. The, it, the place called so crazy. They're loving it because it's it's patrol. patrol. show. Sure. patrolmen love yeah. it. Next day, the next day I'm on patrol. I get a call. Hey, come back to the station. You got a phone call. I okay. A phone call. okay. So I go to the station and I'm waiting. And it's Chief, it's Commander Wyndham calls me. I thought he was going to say, hey, yeah, it's really nice show, blah, blah. He says to me, you know, uh, we, me and uh, uh, Chief Gates saw your show last night, and we wanted to tell you it's the worst show we've ever seen in my life. <sighs> Listen, if you don't like it on this department, you turn that badge in and get the hell out of here. We don't need people like you on this job. You know, you got to be a bad mouth this department, you get out of here, blah, 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 yada, yada. Yeah, yada God. God. Oh, oh, okay. So,
5: <laughs> so he told me new ass off. <laughs> So, so, so the, so me
2: the by paperwork head. goes through right. real quickly. <laughs> There's no red tape. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. <So> that's the <laughs> Christmas show, right? So I did the Christmas show. About three or four months later, because that's now my good department good. is like, you know, uh, Chief Gates didn't like the show, Chief Gates didn't like the show. So like, okay, yeah, y'all told me that. Y'all tell me that every day. Chief Gates, you better stop doing that comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you to stop. Then I get a call. They go. I get a call at home. I remember I got a call at home. Hey, uh, don't come to the station today. You're uh, you're on loan to Hollywood Division. I go oh, Hollywood Division. Why what, what, what I that? He says uh, they're having a uh, retirement party. Ah, they want you to do a show. <laughs> I said for real. I said y'all don't like me doing the com- doing comedy, but you're sending me all over you're the getting street. gigs at. Exactly. Yeah, i getting gigs <laughs> every <the> division. <laughs> oh,
3: wow, wow. You're oh, getting booked oh by the That's very funny. Yeah. Don, where'd you you started? San Francisco. Yeah, I started a place called Captain Cooks.
6: I think that one got unplugged. He so started a place called Pull California. It Out of at the bottom and put it back in. Oh no, I think he just hit the mute button. There we
3: go. Oh, there we go. there okay. we go. I muted yeah. myself. Uh, I didn't okay. want to hear it. Okay. Back in business. Yeah, we're back. I, in. I, uh, I there was a, a restaurant, a seafood restaurant up top, and they had a like a bar downstairs, and they did an open mic zone. What year was this? It was nineteen eighty six. Hmm. And uh, the San Francisco scene was great, but, but this was South Bay, San Jose, that was right. the same. So, uh, remember Tree? Tree was one of the guys. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Tree, I
1: remember tree. I remember Tree. Tree he's was one up, of the, uh, like, I still oh, talked to him all the yeah yeah, 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 I He was a small head, head.
2: shaved bald head. head. Yeah. You, know,
1: you know what? When, I, when that band came out, Midnight Oil, with that lead singer, that's who I thought of, Tree. Oh, yeah, he's that? Remember, remember that, remember that band? No, but know. Tree was the big star. <laughs> you know you
3: have big star it's open TV's micers? Like the open micers that are still open micers, but when they walk in, everybody goes, oh, Tree's here. Tree's has to go it
1: truth so <laughs> so <that> was this open micer swagger. you like fourth on the list. You don't know, oh, to They're gonna bump me. You know. <laughs> in, in the land of the half joke, the premise shall be king. <laughs>
2: but you were you were working as an engineer, right?
3: Yeah, I was working as an engineer, and uh, uh, in, in typical engineering fashion, actually, it was it Rooster Teeth Feathers? Why is it comedy show? I used to get, it was an amazing club. That was a great club, I saw except you had to, to
1: stay at Tony's house.
2: Well, well I, <laughs> you staying at the
1: pool house? With his mom. I stayed at the pool house. I stayed, I stayed. And, I, and I'm coming in like four in the morning. right? You do.
2: Know. And he had those gigantic <laughs> Rottweilers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 Are they going to recognize? it? Well, him? his mom's make... like,
1: you want me to cook something for you? You yeah,
3: ain't cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the uh, in the car- Playboy magazine cartoons of the old lady? Who had the really said that was Tony's mom. Yeah, right. Remember I saw yeah.
2: Tony's mom. That was oh, Tony's mom. A, Yvonne, right? Yvonne. And Yvonne,
1: yeah. yeah. So, you were, what
3: show, who'd you see at Rooster Teeth? I, I saw, it was, um, I remember that uh, Ellen DeGeneres was the host. Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. He passed away a few years ago. What did he do in his act? He did a Jim lot. Jim Samuels? No, 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 it's a black guy.
1: Oh, 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 uh,
3: Oh God, he was very funny. He was really funny. Very funny,
1: and I can't yeah. remember his name. I know, I can. St-
4: Warren,
3: Warren, 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 Warren. Help me, man! Help oh me, man! Oh my God, Warren. That's another. No, I think Spotswood, because no, 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 no,
1: Warren. I got the first
3: name. Come no, on, you did. Why can I not remember yeah. his name? Anyway, Warren Thomas. Warren, Warren Thomas.
1: Thomas yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, Warren the, Thomas. Where did he lose them? San Francisco. Very funny. Yeah. Warren Thomas
4: from
3: San Francisco.
1: No, 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 no. No, no, one no of he was, was a, this great
3: comedy. He had, he had a couple of breaks, but he had some, some problems with drugs. And then he had a, uh, so a long
1: story. No, no, he, yeah, break. he was very funny. But he was the middle act, right. and then Dana was the headline. Well, that's a great show, man. That's, that's know, a
3: great show. And uh, I remember near the end of the act, it was, it was near the end of the show, the MC, who happened to be Ellen said, uh, Oh, don't forget we have open mics here. And I'm like, oh, What the hell's that? You know, I've never heard of open mic. And, and but I, I'm an engineer, so I immediately think, well, I I, I I can't do that, I don't know what to do. So I went down and watched it, and I watched it, and I said, well, I don't know how to do that. I, I, I need tangible, I don't think I can just, see, I was different than you. I didn't think I'm funnier than that guy. I thought, well, I think I could learn how to do that if I had, <laughs> if I had a way to study it. There was some kind of system that I could learn. <laughs> so uh, I went and took an acting class. I know the math. You to took an start. acting class? I took an acting class, because I'd never been on stage. I literally had never oh, been acting right And I figured, well, that was one way to do it. And, and thank God, uh, when I went to the acting class, there was a guy in the class who said, you're really funny. Uh, you should talk to my friend, Dan, who ran an improv group. And he was, turned out to be my comedy dad. His name's Dan Scow, he did it. Uh, he actually, Tree was in the improv group with Dan Scow, and we used to do improv together. And once once I got comfortable with being on stage without saying anything, you know, but not having a plan. Like right. you get up there, you don't know what you're gonna say, right. And you can still be funny. Right. Then stand up wasn't nearly as intimidating.
1: So about your first jokes, I mean did you did you study how to write jokes or did you just watch other comics and then just Yeah, I watched. I kinda
3: watched and learned that I knew the rhythm and the pattern and all that stuff. And then I and I just you know, I, I, I didn't ever take a comedy class, but it turns out when I look back on it, I did exactly what they teach you, which is talk about yourself first. You know, when you go to comedy right. class, they go talk about how you look. So I would open up with a bit saying I look like a good-looking Russian woman that. Bitch? Yeah, and so you had the babushka. I had a babushka, and I did a few characters. <laughs> and uh, my, fa- I have the tape. It's funny that you have the tape of your first one. I have the tape the first time I, I went on, and uh, the improv group at all knew what I was doing, so they all
1: showed up, and they were all really supportive. So the crowd was way on my side the second time I went up not nearly as good but the first time it was, it was like <sighs> but see that's funny because I've seen that work the opposite I know. you know where a guy brings everybody from his office he's yeah, the funniest that's guy's that's office and you sit you go this is not gonna go well because he doesn't get a laugh they're like they're like screaming for him he's like hey got it. And then he goes up, and the whole other crowd, the rest of the crowd are kind of like they're looking, you know, suspiciously. Yeah, <laughs> okay. too much attention. Then his first joke doesn't work, and then his friends are like, The second joke, man, or Floyd the DeBiber. <laughs> 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 and then the rest of the crowd, are like, ah, they give him the stone silence. And now, Monday morning, gotta find a new funny guy. Uh, okay. to uh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Gotta find a new funny guy because <laughs> the other one's dead. <laughs> what was nice about
3: this is that these were. Fellow comedian friends of mine, so they weren't the off, because I would have really been intimidated. I had my boss come to see me early on, and that scared the crap out of me. You had your there. your
1: engineering boss come he to see you. Came to see me, yeah. Now, did he give you the same thing? No, he was
3: actually really cool about it. They, well, he didn't. He, not, 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 I mean, you no, know, he, it was You know, it's not public service. It's you know, it was a startup company. They yeah. As long as you did your job, they were happy. And then they started using me in the office for stuff. I same thing. Yeah, that's right, yeah, right? But I, so I get through, I still have the tape today, I played it for my son. Uh, I get through my first minute, and it was a really, it wasn't a very funny joke, but I get, I'm getting laughs, and I was so happy, so elated that my jokes were working, because I've never told them before, mm. that the first and only time I've ever totally forgot where I was in my act, I just forgot what my next joke was going to be. Right. So I time it on the thing, it's 10 seconds, 20 seconds, i and then the crowd, who are my friends, goes, go do the red nose joke again. Do the Pabushka joke. They're, they're, they're helping me. Right? And I'm, I'm like very focused. I'm like, no, 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 I'll think of it. I'll think of it 30 seconds. I kid you not. I go, 30 seconds. Wow. And then I go, oh, no, I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> and this is the next line that I had written. I have a really active imagination. <laughs> Huge laugh.
2: Totally
1: unintentional. <laughs> it took me 30 seconds to remember the line. Yeah, I had a really active, ima- active imagination. <laughs> the irony was not lost no, in the crowd. the crowd died. And <laughs> I'm
3: like, and I'm like smiling. I go, what? Uh, that's see, a joke. I mean, they're, sick. They're, they're, they're they had incredible effort.
1: patience. But this is the advantage that you guys had that because then people were coming expecting to see a comedian. Yeah. They were expecting to laugh. They, oh, were, yeah. they were coming. So when I went to this thing, there were no comedians on that show but me. Yeah, and there right. were singers, 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 a poet, you know, a singer. So they were like, they weren't expecting a comedy. So all the early things that I did, they weren't expecting a comedian. Right. You know, I used to walk on stage, opening act for for. Bands, you know, they were like, why are you coming out here without a guitar? What are you going to do? Yeah, that, <laughs> it was not in the consciousness that it is now of, yeah. of stand-up comedy yeah. being ubiquitous everywhere and every possible... No, they knew
3: what they, they knew what to expect, they knew yeah. what they ate even.
1: But that's still, it doesn't matter if it's, it's still, first time is the first time. Oh, I've never, yeah. it was, yeah. so much when I came off, I was never
3: ever had a feeling like
5: that it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. you know
4: uh, it, it, people always say uh, and I try to tell this to common folk but they don't get it I mean, maybe I should only just say it when, when, uh, no. when it's comedians it's like that first hit a crack you know, or cocaine. You are so you're fucking. You're talking to an engineer, dude. I love yeah. a police officer. And the police officer goes
1: right to the That's
2: drug right. metaphor. Yeah. Right. Remember, I mean, we all being cracked right. for the I first time? Crack. The engineer knows <laughs> nothing about it.
4: But you know what? Anybody who tells you they've done the coke, they say that first hit you do is so fucking great, so hot, and you're constantly chasing that yeah. high yeah. all the time, Well, that's, 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 that's to me when I say, when they talk about comedy, yeah. they i that chase that, yeah. that, that euphoria every time we hit stage like, man, I didn't get that big high
1: again. Well, that's where you chase off stage too, but I love that, it's like that George Carlin line, right? George Carlin said, the first time I did cocaine, I felt like a new man, the problem was the first thing the new man wanted was another line of cocaine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, when you get up there, yeah. you go, one another lap, one another lap. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky. I you know, you know me. I was yeah. like I was silver spoon. I started the comedy magic club. Oh, well, my was, God. was Doug still there then? Yes, no. that was the thing. I was a food <sighs> waiter. I was a food waiter and Doug Zedon was the <sighs> house MC at the kind. time. And uh, he would like take vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he would take a vacation like for a week, and yeah. they needed somebody to fill yeah. in for, for him. So yeah. they asked me, they and I was like, I was just a waiter. Right. And they said, I well, you have a real nice personality. <laughs> uh, got I, he got, need, recruited. We don't, we don't he need, got recruited. We literally got recruited. We don't need you to do yeah. comedy. Us three, we had to like struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
1: Oh, You yeah. oh, want me to be a comedian? Yeah. Isn't yeah.
2: that the funny thing
4: about every Elvis movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. Elvis, <laughs> boy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Get up there, <laughs> of, sing. Got a
1: good I don't know why I can sing that song. <laughs> 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 it's it's that. They just said, said you have a good
2: personality. Uh, all we need you to do is um, welcome the crowd, tell them we've got a great show, yeah. and bring the people up. And, and, bring, and bring up, Jay- up Gary Shannon, and then bring up Jay Leno. Yeah. And bring up Jay Leno. Say their names correctly. Right, and yeah. then after a while, like I would like, you know, because so Doug was gone for the week, so I would like maybe on like Wednesday or Thursday, I was like, well, I'm gonna try a joke like this, and then, <laughs> then like I said, it's that it's that drug. You you get the laugh, and it's like, oh my god, this was like the greatest thing. So then Doug would come back from vacation, and he'd be the house and see, So I just go back to. You know, <laughs> waiting tables again. Wasn't and much then fun then, go, was it? Wasn't much fun waiting tables then, or no, was it? No, <laughs> but then he'd go away, and then it was like it was like starting over again. Oh, wow! Every because I didn't I didn't go to didn't over the mics stuff and stuff. And then finally, D- <laughs> Doug moved on, and then they needed somebody. So I had so I you know slowly, you know, started put together an act, and it was actually Pat Hazel who actually said to me goes. Uh, he said, I don't know if you really realize this, but you have. 10 to 15 minutes on one of the premier comedy stages in the country. <laughs> you need to really get more serious about this and start writing things. And I was like, Oh, okay, okay. He says, because like, you know how to do it. So yeah. So I, but I was able to watch everybody. You know, yeah, that's a big you advantage. would come in. Big Elaine Boozler would come in. Big advantage. You know, uh, Jeff Cesario, yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you work a week with Seinfeld. That, that,
1: that was insane.
2: I mean you look back at it now. Rich will appreciate this, but I worked at Scarpati's clubs. So <laughs> Scar <laughs> Patty back in the East
1: Coast. And he's got yeah, like Wilmington, Delaware, and Doylestown, and all these clubs. Boots. These clubs popped Boots up. up. Boots. I mean I saw it happening, because in 79 there were there was a one club, Washington, DC, and then eighty Port Lauderdale comic strip opens and then clubs just start popping like and, crazy. Uh, Philly, you know, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland. Right. And then, and then a little sat, then a little places, then Wilmington, Delaware, then even Doylestown, and then yeah. there were these little comedy clubs everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. all these little sort of side. Jerry Stanley up in, uh, up in New York City would pay us fifty-five dollars to go out in seventy-nine. fall of seventy-nine, he started doing these little one-nighters outside the city mm-hmm. in Bernersville, New Jersey. All these little Jersey gigs, and pretty soon there were like seventeen of them. Yeah. So you started being able to go out and make fifty-five dollars, which was Huge. I mean, my rent in New York City then was 110 a month. Wow. So you know, a couple of those, my rent's paid. No, I know. He, he was no it's shocking. I know. I know a- it's shocking.
2: Adam was ah, doing all yeah, the right. salmon stuff for us. He right. just moved he back to yeah. Phoenix from yeah. New York. I had a yeah.
6: 220 square foot apartment for 1200 a month. Yeah,
2: oh. yeah, I know. I know. I know. But
1: but mine came with running rats, and uh, uh and, and it was it was a it was a different time down in the village down the East Village. It was I was down in Alphabet City, and it was. It was, you know, I put my car in the street, man, and the thing was taken apart in days. Wow. You know, it, was, it was wild down there, so it was, it was a different time. But, you know, the, 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 the club the thing exploded in the early 80s. I, mean, you got, I remember one time Bill Hicks and I went out. We left. They said, you got a gig up in, in uh, uh, Oklahoma. It's a place called Jokers. And then you'd go to Tulsa. It was another Jokers. Yeah. And after that, they go, go to Amarillo. Then, then go to Beaumont and then go to, it was like right. all these clubs just popping up. And we went out for two weeks and ended up out for eight weeks, just opening new clubs. Wow. Just go go to this next new club. There's a, there's a, there's a club here, you know, there's a club in Lubbock, go to this one. Right. And they were opening up like crazy
2: and, and you know, so you just, so you just, oddly just movie west is the yeah, yeah And the clubs <laughs> back, back then here,
1: They didn't need you to do any sort no, of social they media They were to draw They were to draw right? So oh, you yeah. go to places packed They go We just want comics to send them out in the street With a good word of mouth right. So they go Can you come back in two months? Can you come back And, and then we'll right. double your pay And if the pay was double, You just you start thinking Geometrically I'm going to be making $50,000 a week in two years <laughs> If it keeps going like this
2: Right No Yeah it did
1: because no, then all of a sudden, you start noticing, you come back to the scene, the next time you come back to town, there are 10 comics hanging around. Yeah. Like a scene started. Like all these guys would come down, you know, you're, you're selling appliances, a series, you come down to the club, you talk to the opening, how much are you getting? He goes, 1,500 a week. You go, you're getting 1,500 a week for doing what I just saw you do up there? I'm quitting my job. <laughs>
2: right, right I'm doing it it's
1: just like, you know. Sure. Yeah, and that started happening. Then there was more and more comics, and then the more and more comics came in, and then of course, it became, and, you know, I'll work down. for less
2: how long before uh, were you doing stand-up because I mean, it's going to be different for everybody
1: but were you doing stand-up before you got first television something something on television well we were doing cable access in New York and, <laughs> okay. cable Hi. Access. Hi. and, Hi. and that was pretty funny and then I, I was doing like morning uh, TV stuff for them like mm-hmm. going on, man on the street stuff oh, that's cool. They, and then 81 but 81 I did Evening the Improv the fall of 81 was my first who was your host uh, you know what it was um, uh, Shelly Burman. Shelley Burman. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah. So it was um, Fall of 81 was the first one. And then uh, then I came out and moved in 82. My first wife and I moved out to LA in 82, right. early 82. And then I started doing like Merv Griffin. And then 84 wow. did my first Tonight Show. Then Letterman and then, that you one. know, then they started doing. They they actually had, at one point, the late 80s, like 89. I did American Bandstand. I mean, remember, they, everybody was doing stand-up on every show. Yeah, right, they go, yeah, let's yeah, try it, yeah, yeah, stand-up's right. great. And it was the worst, there was, I think, me, and then I think Blake Clark might have done it next. Right. One of, I think three, that's fair, And ended at three. I mean, I literally come out, they go, Dick Clark's up there that plastic acrylic stand he had, and they t- finish a dance, you know, these kids all stop dancing, so I, <laughs> and Dick Clark goes, all right, we have a very funny man here. And he introduced me, I come out, I start, Talking, I get no reaction for two jokes. They're just like panting, looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's 17, 18 years old. Sure. So he goes, stop, 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 Rich, stop, stop. He looks at him, he goes, kids, he goes, listen, this man is a very funny man. When he talks, you laugh. When he took it literally. So I started talking like, ha! I go, no, do the setup. <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're laughing disjointed all the way through. So I'm getting laughs through the setup and in a punchline. I have no timing. I'm doing a reggae version of my app. And, uh, and, and it, it was just a terrible, horrible thing. Ah. Back them but they were, you know, everybody. Solid Gold was doing. They were doing comedians on Solid Gold. I did that show, and then of course all the other yeah, strip shows. Don
3: Kirchner's Rock concert. Yeah, I'm just going that. Yeah. yeah, but
1: that yeah. was back in the '70s. Yeah, like those guys. Company, yeah. yeah, those guys did it on Midnight Special yeah, and Don yeah, really Coscarelli. Those guys would do it. You know, you'd you'd see, you know, Kippadata, or you'd see those yeah, guys back in right, the '70s. Right.
2: Yeah. But 30 but 30 in the '80s, 30. man,
1: everybody was like putting comics into something. We were valuable not. then. Yeah. Exactly.
2: How long before Don? Before you? Back in television.
3: Uh, geez, I think. I think Star Search was my first television.
1: No, really. Yeah. What year was that? I won in '93. That's your first television. Yeah. Was doing Star Search. Yeah. yeah. Who I were really the sort people good. you went up against? Do you remember anybody? Uh, how many, yeah.
2: How many uh, rounds did you have to go?
3: Through? I timed it. I did the minimum amount of wins to get to the final. <laughs> Uh I don't know if you remember this. They had this weird format where they had two halves of the season, which were like ten weeks and ten weeks. And whoever had the most wins in the first ten weeks made one was one of the semifinalists. And who had the most wins in the second ten weeks was the other semifinals. So I made the semifinals in my ten week pan by only winning twice, because nobody else won twice. So I moved to the semifinals having only won twice. And I beat Dennis Regan, who I'm now good friends with. And I didn't see him for 20 years. I'm like, Dennis <laughs> see him, he goes, you know, Dennis, he's like, Don, I'll never forget you. <laughs> he started my comedy trajectory immediately downward. <laughs> uh, and and uh, he reminded me that when I got four stars and uh, he was a really, it, we got along well. He, I got four stars and then they said, if Dennis, really good gets. Three to him stars, and he goes like this. Just and it looks like he hits me in the ball, So I go like this, so he goes. Looks like I was really mad. He goes. I always wanted to apologize for that. I went. I didn't even notice it, buddy. <laughs> but uh, I beat Dennis Regan, and I forget the other guy I beat. And then um, Harlan, Harlan uh, Williams, Williams, Williams beat me, but he's so odd that he immediately lost to the to the next comic.
1: Well, right? you came back in the second round, and then so you come I
3: back? came back to the, yeah, then I came back to the semifinals, and I beat Lester Barry. Who was a black comet from LA, and I then I beat Keith, Keith Robinson, who was a black comet from uh, Philadelphia. I remember both so those guys. I beat two black guys, and they were both um, they were both uh, managed by um, oh god, what's his name? He's still around. I can't on his name. But he was with them, and, and when I defeated his second client, he looks at me, and goes, Don McMillan, great white hope.
4: <laughs> well, me, so I worked with you after you won Star,
3: Star yeah right after afterwards. we
4: worked at, in Hawaii That's And right. tell them the line oh man every time it just cracked me up, I, I was on the floor you told me tell them the line of what, of what your girlfriend oh
3: said you, this was the sad the saddest thing about it, yeah. uh, I had just broken up with a girl right before I won Star like two months before I won Star who I was in love with I was like ready to marry this girl and she broke up with me and just crushed my heart just Crush my heart too, uh, I get a call after I get home from Search from Trish, right? right. and I go, she goes, Don, I go, yeah, she goes, hey, it's Trish, how you doing? I'm great, and within 10 seconds, I heard you want Search. yeah, 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 I'm starting a business, and I was wondering, <laughs> you want I swear to God, I swear to God, she 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 could, not <laughs> could not make this up, could not make this up. So that week on stage, I was at the punchline that week. It it just shocked me that I talked about it on stage. Every night I go, so I told... You got it. Not my money, your money. So by the end of the week, the line I had come up with, I said... uh, because the crowd always wanted to know what I wanted to do. So I had to come up with an end. After a week, I didn't know what to do. So uh, I said, uh, well, I called her back and I said, you know, I have the money, but I'm afraid it wants you to see other people. <laughs> 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 and I finally had the end of that bit. But it took yeah. me a week to...
2: to yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. yeah? I love it. I oh, love it. That was, yeah, that was... John always had the greatest line to be because my very first television thing was that uh <laughs> the comedy on the road. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got that John Spiner.
1: I gotta say, that's when they were dragging, oh, dragging the world lake. World. But oh, college, we've yeah. had every comic in LA New <laughs> exactly. York and all they go, let's go out there and drag the lake and yeah. fight. where
2: did they go take you at? Where were you? At? I did it in San Diego. Yeah, they made you go down the San Diego. Oh, yeah, <laughs> San Diego at the comedy <laughs> Isle, or whatever it was. Yeah, no, I remember that the comedy Isle. <laughs>
1: I got it. I got And I would
2: yeah. use it as a, as a credit. And Don, who was working with Don, Don says, that's not a credit, that's a debit.
1: <laughs> it's like, that's like, well, like, go, why like, you gotta hurt they go, me. They go, we go, we know there's comics out there, but don't have the bus fare to get to New York or LA. Let's go find them. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, that's,
2: yeah. a, that's uh, a debit. It's like, why do you gotta hurt me? Like, I'm I'm hurt you, just,
1: uh, yeah. You. yeah, yeah, you don't
2: wanna, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That was so funny when you said, who, who was your first show when you, saw, when you went to Rooster Teeth? My very first comic show that I sat in was in, there was a, wasn't there a comedy stop or Something in uh, or a last stop or something last stop in, in Palm Springs. Oh, right. yeah, 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 for a little while. Yeah, yeah I saw. Uh, what year? I oh, always got to know the year. Well, I don't. I don't remember what year. It has to be. I want to say it's probably 79 maybe. 79, seventy nine, maybe seventy nine. I was like underage, but I somehow got in. Whatever, and I saw, uh, Daily Pike. Yeah, I love and Jack name. Marion. Wow, oh, Jack there's Marion. a couple From of John 70s comics. Marion. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it was the, the Jack back. Baron with the beard. They have a beard yes, exactly. had a beard. Yeah. yeah, he had all the last laughs. His name was always on the last laugh. Yeah, there were there were, there were a lot of um, those guys worked the laugh stops. The laugh stop was actually this. The first paying Comedy Club was Mincy Mitzi Shore open in, in Pacific Beach in San Diego area, right. before she moved to La Jolla in 76. Uh-huh. And in 77, the laugh stop in Newport Beach opened. And I then remember there were a series Howard of Trustman. Laugh yeah, there Howard Trussman booked it, and there yeah. were all these, Michael Cowley was the owner, and there were all these laugh stops all over Claremont yeah. and Encino, and then of course they went into Houston and, all, and then Palm Springs, and all these different places, laugh stops. Right.
2: right? Yeah. yeah, that was yeah that was I remember like you know didn't sneak in but I mean you know paid my money and I'm like I all the you? And
1: so when you went to the comedy magic club you kind of had you were attracted to a comedy club
2: I, I mean, you I went was there huge, tables. I was a huge comedy fan
1: right I'm just saying you
2: like I want to work I could work at Tgif Instead, I'm going to work at the Comedy yeah, Magic. Yeah, that way I could be around comedy. Right, that's right. But I, mean, I actually, you know, I would actually would go and see shows at the Comedy Magic. I saw David Letterman at the Comedy Magic. Oh, that's cool. You that's know, cool. before that's he cool. got his, before he got the morning show and, you know, right. and all that. So I actually saw him. 81. I saw him do stand-up, you know, there. And I saw uh, Tom uh, Tom Sharp. I remember Tom. Yeah, he yeah, was in Detroit. Yeah, he did a ton of commercials and oh, voiceovers no, no, and stuff yeah. like that. Jeez. But at the time, though, I remember going in and paying, and and he was the headliner. And he did, yeah. uh, He had a. Uh, he played guitar. He had the song surf. Uh, uh, surfing for peace Yeah, yeah. and they would sell the, the 45 after the show the boy you have to buy a 45 <laughs> early merch baby early merch wow day. exactly
3: early merch man right, right. and Vic Donelhoff was selling the eyes
1: right next to him right me. <laughs> yeah, I Vic with the eyes oh. yeah, you know Vic no. so Vic you know he's selling the eyes Right. we worked together a bunch of times he was selling at Igby's one time and I saw him and he's you know he's after the show he's trying to sell them he's got hands on cash he's trying to move the cash he's got the eyes in his pockets I said Vic, won't you get one of those things they got at the ballpark, like the hot dog guys with the strap around your <laughs> neck? And, uh, I'm joking, right? The next week I see him, right? He's hey, Rich, look what I got! He's got the strap. Right? I, like, he got one, right? Right. Now he's got like he's just winging them out, and so so he goes, he goes. I said that's great because he said, yeah, but I got in trouble, man. He said, I got my ass in the air. I go, what happened? He goes, well, he said I was in the club and I'm working, and. and um, and somebody goes out, you gonna sell those stupid eyeballs again tonight? He said, let me tell you something, those eyeballs, my friend. I made $80,000 last year selling those eyeballs, and there was a guy from the IRS in the audience, (laughs) that got audited. He used to drive down to Mexico, man, and get them for like five cents a piece, with these two like crazy eyeballs. And, you know, just load up his truck and come up and he was selling for five bucks a pair. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, but he you know, was, the, his last ten minutes was the whole Oh, yeah, he did all those he did and all and all then jokes that he fed right selling. into yeah, yeah, he So he gave you the jokes shows, to go. Right, with, with, right. With, right, right. Driving in a car, pull up alongside
2: somebody, turn, look yeah, at him. Yeah. 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 I said he had, had 10, 15 minutes yeah. just on the eyes. Yeah. And then he says, I'm sure your guys are out there thinking, where can I get a set?" And he would put that thing around his
1: neck that you Right, right. And the guy who was sort of like that, I mean, Jackie Martling's did in the East Coast did merch from the beginning right. back in 79, 80. But the guy, James Gregory, in the Oh house, yeah, he, he, oh, he was unbelievable. And I remember going in his he had an office right there in the punchline in Sandy Springs where the Punchline Comedy Club was, a little complex there. He had an office yeah. upstairs. And I remember going up here one time, and this is pre-computer you know, early he's he's got foul because he was doing mailing cards and all you know, he put wow. out cards on the mm-hmm. table. I never see anybody do it on it shows and he had a mailing list and he had a catalog. And a catalog and James Gregory yes. on one. you know he had his 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 phrase was there ought to be a law or you know, something right, like right. that. And he had that on tire gauges and rain hats. <laughs> and, you know I mean? Not only just the cassettes and the and the videotapes. He right. was selling everything, man. He, and he says, I send out a mailer at Christmas time for a catalog. <laughs> a catalog. <laughs> Comic catalog for merch, man. I <laughs> see kids going, oh, the
5: gregory's catalogs here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, then then it was like an added thing and not everybody did it because we are getting paid so much money. I didn't feel the need, you know. But now, people don't get paid that much money. The comics, oh. especially the middles and the openers, they feel like they got to sell something just to pay their get yeah, their yeah. gas oh, or their travel to where they are because they're not making any money. Yeah, but it yeah. looks like a flea market after the show. Oh, my God. It's oh my God. When it, got, it got that point. Yeah. It got that point exactly. I'd see guys set up. i go, man, what are, you, what are you doing here, man? It's like an important You're going to start thing. offering <laughs> dentistry too? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got a $5 colonoscopy and I got a funnel and a flashlight. I can check it out for uh, you. Oh, my God. It's just
3: so... Now, Kevin and I uh, worked at Last Last a bunch of times. Yeah, man. Yeah. They had
4: five clubs at one.
3: They had two in downtown San Jose that were like three blocks from each other for a while, which was bizarre.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well they didn't want to lose the location because the new location they had just opened that big kind of entertainment mall, oh, that's and they right. got their foot in there, but they didn't want to give up the old
3: yeah.
4: uh, spot. So yeah, the, the the clubs were like three blocks from each other. Yeah, you know, but they were great clubs,
3: and they, and they, they shared would, condos for a while.
4: Yeah, they would be. Uh, if we'd go in there on a Monday night. They were Monday through Sunday. That's right. And uh, you'd go in on Monday night. There'd be two hundred and fifty people, there every room would be packed for paid admissions. Yeah. Four
5: people.
3: they started papering. Well, they were the first ones I knew who had a room, and you, you might have seen it. They had a room during the day where they would hire like six 20 year olds to go through the phone book and call every single they one. They started the doing phone. it. Yeah.
1: Well, what year was this? Late 80s or early 90s? That was uh, late 80s early 90s. Yeah, they started papering our rooms then. Then we knew it was over. Then it was over, man. Because then you, had those audiences that had no attention oh, okay, span. Right. There's nothing like a cover charge to put an attention span on somebody. Yeah, okay. And then they're like, they'll talk to their friend or watch it. I don't care. They're paying two bucks for a beer here. They pay two bucks for a beer down the street. Doesn't matter. Right. You yeah. know? And so that, right. that's right. when I really started going to get in trouble. It's
3: like they say, you get what you pay for. It. You can get I mean, free comedy. That's
4: well, you remember when
3: good.
4: when uh, when we were featuring, right. right? The money when you were headlining, uh, Rich. The money was great. I remember I was getting 1,000 to feature at the Club, yeah, yeah. 1,500 to go to Cincinnati, 1,500 to go to Cincinnati. And on headliners, you get like 4 grand, 5 grand. This was just like, oh. a club. I go, damn, as soon as they become a headliner, man, I only have to work once a month. It's like, I, mean, I, don't have to, I barely have to work once every six months. That's how good the money was. Man, as soon as I turned headliner, the bottom fell out. Yeah. It was like 1,200 a week, 1,500, no air. It, what, hey, what happened to the rental car? I don't a rental car. Yeah. Everything left. Even the one waitress who would fuck all the
1: comics. Even she left. <laughs> 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 Everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's very right. It was over. You, you see, you, you, because the comics again, ages already started undercutting everybody. I saw so there was a show called uh, uh, I think it was called uh, Sunday Funnies or something. It was it was on Fox. It was a prime time. Remember, they had like their, 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 their comic strip live on Saturday right. night. All right, night. Right, right. Uh-huh. There were always late night shows and right. strip shows, like, you know, Carolines, or whatever. But Fox, when it first started, Fox Network on Sunday started a primetime show of comedy, stand up comedy. And I think I was the first show or the second show. It was um, Richard Jenny and, and uh, Judy Tenuda and myself. And we got paid like 10 grand a piece. Wow. Got a limo, brought, us, brought me from the valley. Right. You go in there, they had a gift basket with like, you know, a, a pro Walkman, you know, all the, like a gift mm. basket. was like unbelievable, right? <laughs> right? Stuff in it. Not like a couple of pieces of fruit, you know. Right. <laughs> it was like a gift basket. I'm like, right. with swag in it. And I was like, the tree is great. I said, this is fantastic. And so they said, they went, and then like a month or two later, the agent says, they want to come back. I said, fantastic. you had yeah, it pays 2000 this time. Wow. And then the third time, scale. So you know what happened, man, all those agents going, you're paying them ten, my client will do it for five, my client will do it for two, my client will do it for one, my client will do it for scale. Yeah. And that's how it just goes, bids down, because, well, look at any place. If you go to Las Vegas, those used to be guys who made opening act money in Vegas in the 80s. I mean, yeah. I made huge amount of money opening act, and comics would. And then the comics started moving out there, right? They weren't yeah. getting a lot of work on the road, and they started undercutting the local guys for for opening act work, all yeah. these magicians and all that lived out there, like Peele and West, and all those guys were making fifteen, twenty-five for opening act work in the lounges and stuff. And all of a sudden, these comics come out from L.A. and they go, like, oh, "I'll do it for a thousand. Wow. I'll do it for seven 50. Now you guys, you, got, you got eighty finished. comics out there working for twenty-five dollars a set. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. they wash they wash golf balls during the week and they they have eight guys in an apartment outside. of the Did you
3: that. ever do? Did you ever do the Riven?
1: Uh, I did the yeah watch <laughs> <laughs> shows. With yeah. Steve for I, I Oh, opened that, was a, that, that was a classic week. Yeah, but that, that was not. It started not that. When Slayton and I opened it. Same sort of thing. It was paid a lot of money. We only did one oh, not short what I did. Day, and then <laughs> the next time I come back, I go, now you're on a coupon with the Foxy Boxers <laughs> and the Burlesque Show. Pick <laughs> right, two right. out of three. Right? It's an improv, the Foxy Boxers, or the Burlesque Show. Now we're competing <laughs> with two of the shows that show tits. Yeah. <laughs> And then they start going, well, we're going nah, to add a show every night and cut the penny. So the first time I went through there with the MC,
3: and it's a four act show. So so the MC, you come out and you do six, and then the two middle acts do like 12, and then the headliner does like 15. So you're in and out in like an hour. Right? So I'm like halfway through the week, because and, and, of who I am, I turn to Steve Sharipa, and I go, Steve, you realize that I'm on and off the stage 84 times a week? <laughs> 21 shows. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I don't
1: care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sure, trip. Those guys he just wanted you to sell yeah. t-shirts. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> guys those, <laughs> those guys would come and he go, he go, you come to wear, sne- you know, like, like sneakers like you. He goes, get those sneakers out of here. This is a hard shoe gig. <laughs> but I remember Shrimp when I. I first went there because I was like mentally sober and all, like 85 and I was like, I want to work out the gym compulsively and Shripper belonged to this gym. Oh the sporting uh, house. Yeah, sporting you house. Right. There. So we go over there, first time we go over there and we work at Shripper was in great shape. He yeah. was a it was you know it was great basketball. Right. And and we go over there and we're hanging out. I'll never forget this because we're hanging out. And he goes, man, he goes I should, you know, I, I'm jealous of what you're doing, man. I wanted to be an actor, and I punked out, but oh, not uh, doing it. And then, you know, I remember years later when he got soprano. the Sopranos. So like, soprano? He made it, man. Because I remember him just going, like, you know, I'm doing this, and, and I, I want to be an actor. Yeah. I wanted to be an actor. And he was uh, like, he's the classic guy, though. That once you got to know him, he was a sweet guy. Oh, he's a great guy. When you he's first great meet him, he great was guy. hard he to never, Yeah, I, I, I never saw that side of him. I hung out from oh, the beginning. Man. I know all these other guys. He's, they, my, he's scared to shift. my
3: favorite Steve Schrooper's story. Yeah. This it's absolutely true. I am not making any part of this up. So I'm working with this guy, Butch Fisco. I know, role, I, I don't know. Been in it, yeah. And Butch, I, I never saw him work much out of Vegas. I don't think he worked a whole lot. And uh, he's up on stage and he's not having a good set. And you know, we're in the back of the room. Steve always right. stood by that thing about by the door. Yeah. Thing the door, he sat. And he goes, uh, see Butch is eating up, up there? Watch when he comes off stage. He won't get near near me. He's going to go come off. He won't come down this way. He's going to go over in that corner. Watch, so I'm watch. Sure enough, Butch goes instead of coming where everybody else does. He goes off and in the corner is his And Steve goes, watches, come with me. <laughs> and, he's, and he's come walking over by Steve. He walks over to Butch and he goes, Butch. So what's the story? What do you do? Setups on Mondays and punchlines on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it was the funniest thing that another time, did. and it was my oh, <laughs> favorite <funny>. story. And <laughs> that's I'm like, oh God, that was funny. Steve.
2: Sure. Butch is like, oh, <laughs> My Sharupa story was I uh, I never worked uh, for him before, uh, but uh, Jeff Dunham was uh, a good friend with him. So when we were in Ve- working in Vegas, we went to have lunch with him, and Steve uh, we were just at the cafe in the Riviera. And Sharip picked up the, the tab. It was nice meeting you. I'd like to work for you someday like this. He goes, oh, yeah. It was just kind of blew, blew me off. I sent him a thank you note for lunch. And all of a sudden, I get uh, a phone call like two weeks later from Jeff Jennings. Says, what did you do to Steve Sharipa? <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't do anything. I sent him a thank you note like this. And he goes... Well, call him, he wants to give you work. And I was like, wow. oh, immediately. And he gave me some, like three corporate gigs and a week at the review. Wow, that's was cool. like, Great, but it looked all for a thank you note. Like, he oh, a, he went to him. he was a great guy. Well, yeah.
4: so I never got in with him.
3: Yeah.
4: And here's what I did, I sent him a videotape with my press kit inside of, it was right after Thanksgiving. And I sent it to him in a big purple uh, press box that said it FedEx, and it looked like a present. And I sent it to him. I waited a week. And I called them up. Said, hey, Mr. Shripa. Hey, my name's Kevin Jordan. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I sent you a press cake. No. I go, uh, uh. Yeah, I was wondering if you got it. Did you watch my tape? No,
1: no, 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 and no. Click. And that was a mess. That's wow. No, you... Those, those videotapes, you would see them piling up in the up oh. And you go in there, what are you doing? They're just using the tape over Hill Street oh, yeah. They're just taping <laughs> over your act with Hill Street Even the comics you thought they were clever, pulled the little tabs up behind. You see a little piece of scotch. Tape <laughs> <for> them, <laughs> and you know, the nuns you down in the land going, I want to tape this show tonight Who's this guy? I don't know. <laughs> 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 tape right over top. Listen <laughs> how close this got, to home Okay, my wife, before I met her,
3: booked all the funny moments out of St. Louis. Laura Garrett was she might have booked. That's my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... No,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got not even this, <laughs> I got not even this, I hold the second
1: She speaks highly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Then we didn't even know we weren't together. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh,
3: I never thought her. She moved to L.A., worked for Will Morris, yeah. and worked for Rick Rogers, yeah. and that's why I met her when she yeah. worked working. Yeah. And... Um, so then later we're dating and we're married and and I decided to book St. Louis because her family's there. And I didn't really know anybody, anybody the funny boom. Right. So we called over and Laura goes, oh, I know Dave Carlo. <laughs> so I get to be friends with Dave Carlo, because I played it a couple times. And um I was talking to Dave Carlo one day. And go, You know, I sent you guys a tape back when Laura was, was the uh, uh you know, the booker, right? And she claims that she never saw it. And Dave goes, No. Nah. I think, God, I think I remember handing it to her. He remembered that. So he goes, do you, do you have it? Because my wife says, no, we never got a tape for you. you never know. I would, I would have hired you right away. She finds the letter and the tape that I sent. Dear Laura, my name's Don McMillan. I would very much like to work <laughs> for you. And, and I said, so she comes into the club and Dave goes, hey, Laura. Uh, I gave this to you back in 1989. I think you might have misplaced it. <laughs> ah, that's great.
1: That's great. A <laughs> that letter to my wife, boy. Didn't know it was going to be white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Did you buy some flowers to make up for it? No. Right. All right, man. Uh, all
2: right, great. got to get out, but it's like, uh, let's do the plugs, uh, Don. Oh, no, hey, no, I want to know. I'm okay. going to have him a better story than that if I know what they want. That's a, that's that's a tough, that's shitty, shitty closer. Uh, Come on,
3: somebody <laughs> can tell that. that.
2: Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just my website, technicallyfunny.com. I do mostly corporates, and that's how I book them through my website, too. So. It's really good. If you haven't seen Zach act, you Find it, it's great. He does like a PowerPoint stuff. It's just amazing. It's it really sounds cool. really boring, but it does sound it's boring. It's actually funny. very, very funny. I've seen it's it. Very it's very flower. No, oh a lot oh, of God. graphs oh. and charts that you wouldn't normally see in a PowerPoint presentation. Right, exactly.
4: And Kevin, and it, Matter he, of fact, my, my son works for a software company and he goes, Hey, you know what we'll think about yeah, some entertainment <laughs> for our next conference. I go, Really? He goes, Yeah, we'll think about a comic. I go, Really? He goes, Yeah, hey, how did I get a hold of Don McMillan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if it was a cop cop. All right, Gary. Give me my plug. i got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, uh, your new book, uh, Kick it Through i got to go ashes. right to it, man. All right, Kick It Through the Ashes. Right. Where do they find it? On Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, get a Kindle or get a hard copy. It's great. Or you can right. or send me an email at rshidesaol.com, and I'll send you an autographed copy. Always great. Again, uh, great.
4: i got a book on Amazon also called When the Streetlights Came On, uh, Kevin Jordan. It's a great book. It'll take you back. It's hilarious about all the days back in the day when you used to using it. A wire hanger is an antenna, and a phone book is as a booster seat. So that's it.
2: Yeah, that Alright, cool. And like I said, I'm at at Gary underscore Brightwell uh, if you want to. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm doing some overseas stuff coming up, and I'm gonna be in Billy, uh Billings, Montana, uh, and. Uh, a, a big thanks to, uh, to uh, Adam Rini, who who yeah, Adam. who cobbled together uh, the sound equipment and stuff like that. The it, besides being episodes. very funny, the uh, <laughs> guy and uh, improv like stuff, uh, w- what can they uh, find stuff for you? A
6: uh, podcast called Acting Coach Dan Rodandon Teaching Actors How to Act and two web series, Voyage Trekkers at Voyagetrekkers.com and Our Studio Web Series at com
2: awesome he has a great voice he does like, he should have been talking in his hour. podcast is very funny but, the actors thing what's the basic premise is like he, he's a it's a, uh,
6: like uh, a middle school administrator who's a failed acting coach and he moved to Los Angeles to try to make it big and is now just uh, a lonely alcoholic who tries to interview other actors some of them children just
2: but <laughs> what, what's his, his nemesis? In his? Oh,
6: his nemesis is Dave Coulier because he went out there for a <laughs> big audition and he, he came in second to Dave Coulier and never forgave him for it. Yeah. And that bitterness just grew and grew and <laughs> it's, it's affected a lot of people. Dave Coulier
3: said it affected a lot of people. <laughs> this is
2: hilarious. That's <laughs> very funny. Anyway, well, thanks for tuning in to, to, uh, to Road Stories. Uh, Murray will be back, I believe, in a couple weeks. I think I'm going to try to get maybe one more in while I'm here at the golf tournament. Uh but thanks for uh for uh tuning in and we'll see you guys next time. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, kettle flights, running with the runs,
1: and blacklists, bounce checks, great at bachelorette, drunks <coughs> in the front making out for your set, and middle act acts act doing blow act. more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.